Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Again, it's morning, and I, my mind is on babies, man. Don't get any ideas. Don't ask my wife. Nothing's going on that way. But man, my mind is on babies. Don't you love babies? Come on, man. Don't you love babies? Yeah, right? Let's give babies a round of applause. Let's do something. I just need to, I need somebody to kind of wake up this morning. Everybody's nervous this morning. I don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe you're afraid I'm going to like uh, call on you or bring you out front if you like babies. But man, I, I love babies and I'm, I'm marveled by babies. You know why? Because babies are marveled at, at, at the simplest of things sometimes, aren't they? Like babies, you can, you can just watch a baby for hours. Um, and, and you can watch what a baby does uh, for hours. Like, for example, when they first like uh, discover gravity, you know, and they, they're sitting in their high chair and you think it's, as a mom, annoying or obnoxious and they're just trying to bother you. But they're really not. That's not what the case may be. They're on their high chair and they're discovering gravity. And so they're taking their fork or their spoon or whatever that is and they're throwing it off and they're going, oh, right? And you're like, oh, that's okay. And you pick it up and you put it back up there. But on the 44th time, right, you're just like, quit, baby, quit. But they are discovering, they are loving on life and everything and, and the way that the, the you know, stuff sounds and the, the way that it bounces and, and uh, finding themselves in the mirror. Like all of these things are amazing discoveries for babies and they just are wondered at these things, right? They're marveled at them. They get a little bit older or maybe even at a young age. Uh, no matter what age it is, you, you take a baby to, or a four-year-old, a, a preschool, elementary age, you take them to Disney World, right, and watch them, right? It's worth the price of admission, admission to watch them, isn't it? Like, they see the castle, they see the Cinderella's, they see the parades, they see the rides, they ride the rides, and they're just like in awe of everything that is happening, it doesn't matter, actually, how old you are. If it's your first time, you're wowed by what's going on at Disney World. For me, at this point, you know, I'm wowed by how much money that Disney World is making, um, not just off of everybody else, but just me and my family, you know, just a churro, right? That's, that's like, man, too much money. But, uh, and, and we just kind of look through the windows. I don't know, how many of you have ever done that character dining thing? Um, you're not like, okay, a couple of you, right? Yeah, <laughs> a couple of you. Yeah, I just look through the windows at those people, and I'm like, sorry, girls, just watch them. See Cinderella? Yeah, she's too expensive for us. We're going to pass by, <laughs> right? But uh, it, they are wowed by this place, the, the happiest place on earth until Pandora Ride breaks down halfway into your wait time, and so your 90-minute wait turns into three hours, and you wait anyways because you're already 90 minutes in, and you're like, well, I'm not going to go home now. I'm not going to leave the ride now. And you wait that long. So we are wondered by things, and we're talking a little bit about the things that wonder us. You can sometimes find wonder in relationships, right? That very first time that someone marveled you, you know, you saw her and she said yes to you or she said hi to you or she just even looked at you. She acknowledged you and you were happy. You got butterflies thinking about it. You were like so excited. She marveled you and then you married her and then something happens, right? And you lose the wonder. Marvel turns to married sometimes, right? That happens in life, I'm afraid, sometimes. 
as babies, as kids, as young adults, we often experience this sense of wonder. But then we grow up, and the older we get, the less we experience that feeling. And we chase after wonder with things like the new car, the new shoes, the name brands. And we lose our sense of wonder for the simple reason that once we get something, once we attain it, or once we get to know that person, or whatever that situation is, it no longer wonders us the way it once did. We now know what the toy is going to do. We've already been to Disney. We know when the ride is going to do the drop thing. You know everything, and it just does not have that same experience. Then there's the stuff that we wonder over, but we never really acquire, you know, but we watch and we dream for it, you know, like island hunters. Seriously, who really wants to live on a deserted island? I mean, yeah, they may have like uh, a spa tub and a servant and some different things, but literally, do you really want to live on a deserted island? It's not always sunny on islands. There are hurricanes that come across there at any given moment, but we dream for things like that, or the 30 for 30s about the star athlete and becoming Allen Iverson or whoever that person is that you dream to be. We wonder after the dream job or the famous life Chasing after all of these things. And you know what King Solomon said, right? It's all meaningless. A chasing after the wind, he says. If you're not careful, you're wondering, you're marveling, your desire for the wrong things can turn from just wonder to, it can turn to admiration, it can turn to envy, it can turn to lust, and then it can lead to addictions to things that you never thought would end up ruling your life. This morning, I want to talk to you about wonder. Here's the definition by, according to the dictionary, wonder is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable, unexplainable, cannot be explained in natural Laws, And this is why so many people are seeking the new thing, a new place, a new experience, a new relationship. They're seeking that thing by something or someone. And we seek and we seek and we seek until we finally find that thing that will satisfy us, which is not a thing at all, a person at all. It is when we finally come across a God that will always satisfy and will never cease to wonder you. Unless we stop seeking him. Unless we quit seeking after him. Here's what David it says in Psalms chapter 8. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place... What is man that you are mindful of him, of him, the son of man that you care for him? Like God, David is seeing this. This is King David with everything that he had. He's realizing, God, you're so much greater. You're so much more majestic. Everything that you do is just the work of your fingers. When you find that, you'll never get to the end of God and say, that's it? You'll never get to the end of his love and you'll say, that's, that's all of it? That's all I can handle? That's all you're going to give me? You're never going to get to the end of his power and say, you can't do that? 
You'll never get to the end of his compassion and say, wow, God, I can't believe you didn't have more compassion. Those who seek God will never lose that sense of wonder. So this morning and for the next three weeks, that's the goal of the series. That's the goal of this this, uh, set of talks is to talk to you about how great it is and how great our God is and, and to help you walk out in wonder of who God is. And this is who God is. God is good all the time. Amen? That's who God is. I mean, if you're asking me, Trevor, who is good? I mean, who is God? God is good. And I, this morning, want to focus in a little bit on the faithfulness of our God. I want us to wonder at the faithfulness of our God. In life, everything is constantly changing, dying or getting replaced, isn't it? I mean, just think about, uh, for example, little square in your pocket, that little, that phone in your pocket, they're always trying to get me to buy a new one. What's the matter with the one I got last month, right? I mean, why do I need a new one already? I literally just got a phone, actually because of warranty and because it, it, it started like trying to catch fire or heat up or whatever. So they gave me a new one, but then a month and a half or two months later, I'm already getting these emails and these text messages, $300 off. Man, that sounds like a great deal until you find out what the price is. You're like, 300 off 1,000? Give me a break, man. 300 off 300 sounds like a good deal. But that's the way this is, right? And it's always never good enough. Always never. I don't know if that sounds right. Anyways, it's that way, right? I mean, and I remember when I was the guy that was like, I'm never paying for a phone. I pay you for a plan. I'm never paying for a phone. And I was that guy that I, I switched companies because they started trying to charge. And I was like, I'm not doing it. And they're like, you're going to be one of the last ones because we're on our way out of this. And I was like, yeah, right. I'll never pay for a phone. And here I am, a couple of years later, like being okay with and thinking about, oh, well, 25 bucks a month. That's not too bad. $600 is what that is. 25 bucks a month times 24 months is what I'm about to give them. And I'm okay with it all of a sudden. Why? Because things are constantly changing and they want me to change because everything is changing. New stuff is always coming up. And if I miss a minute of it, if I miss that thing that just happened on Instagram, man, I feel like I totally missed it. And I'm always looking for that next thing, that next event, that next relationship, who it is that I can connect with in some way or another. Until we get to the point where our hard drive gets full, right? Like we're just like, man, I don't, I, I, I can't even handle anymore. And we need to somehow in some way disconnect and unplug because we're finding that that stuff that we're continuing to try and fill our life with doesn't give us wonder at all. It doesn't satisfy us at all. The only thing that satisfies is our God. I want to remind you who God is. God is good all the time. God is never changing and always faithful. God always forgives God's love will never run out. He's compared to, as I mentioned before, the rising and the setting of the sun. It's every single day, and you can count on it. You can never say, well, the sun didn't rise. I remember a day when the sun didn't rise. No, you just didn't look. But it was there, just like our faithful God. Maybe the reason we don't experience the faithfulness of God is because we don't take enough time to stop and think about who God is and how great is his faithfulness. 
So this morning, I want to kind of take that time. I want to press pause, and I want to wonder at the faithfulness of our God, and I want to take you to a text in the, the very first book in the Bible, the story of Abram. Abram, I almost said Abraham, but his name before was Abram, before God changed his name, and Sarah. So in Genesis chapter 11, just to kind of set this up a little bit, it's not on the screen, but just to give you a little bit of background, uh, Terah, the father of Abram and Haran, uh, were, uh, he was the father of Abram and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot, okay? And then Haran died, and that was Lot's dad, and Sarah, which was Abram's wife, uh, she was barren, so she couldn't have kids, okay? So you're hearing the, the characters in the story. And Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his grandson Lot, and they moved towards Canaan. When they got to Haran, though, they settled there, and then Grandpa Terah died. Then God said to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1, Leave your country, your people. Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Did you hear that? All the people on earth will be blessed through you. So here's Abram, and God says to Abram, I will make you into this great nation. I will make your name great. I'm going to do amazing things through you, and you will be a blessing. And what a commitment that God made to Abram. He didn't tell him where to go. He didn't tell him how he would do it. He just said go. And then he said, and all the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram, 75 years old, by the way. He wasn't a young buck. He wasn't a young man just kind of starting out in life. 75 years old. He left as the Lord had told him. And he, him with his nephew Lot went with him and, and his wife. And they arrived in the land that God showed him, Canaan. And there the Lord appeared to him and he said, to your offspring I will give this land. He said, so in other words, I'm going to give this to the generations that followed you. And so Abram builds an altar. Abram builds this altar. The, the, the Bible has 400 references of altars in the Bible. And three are right in these verses right here. When God does something good, we build an altar. When God does something that, that is uh, worth remembering, we do it to commemorate an encounter with our mighty God. And it, is, it also represents a person's desire to consecrate himself fully to the Lord. I mean, that's why Abram did it. He said, I'm going to make your offspring. I'm going to give this land to your offspring. And so Abram says, okay. He builds an altar. But he didn't stick with the plan for very long. In fact, uh, instead of staying in the land that God was giving him, because a famine struck, Abram and Sarah and Lot, they went to Egypt to live for a little while. And this is where it gets really weird. So I'm telling you a little bit before we get into how faithful our God is. I want to tell you how faithless Abram is. Okay, this is our, our, the, the father of our faith, right? He told his wife, hey, Sarai, you're beautiful. So because you're beautiful, tell everyone you're my sister so that they don't kill me. I mean, it was half true. He, he, she was a half sister, which is weird in and of itself. But it was his wife, and she was going to be the, the mother to Isaac, which would be the, 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 the leaning into the Jewish nation. But what I'm saying is, is, he says, tell them you're my sister so they don't kill me, and so I'll be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared. Okay? 
So the Egyptians did just that. They wanted her. They took her. I mean, they took this woman. She's in her 60s. I'm thinking to myself, wow, she was, she's a beautiful woman, but was there not like any 20-year-old beautiful Egyptian women? Or like, I'm thinking, I imagine to myself, Vanna White, like she never changed, right? 60. Did you know Vanna White is 62 years old? I guess that doesn't matter for this morning, right? I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> but maybe she was like that. She was just beautiful inside and out. I don't know what the case may be. But the Egyptians did what Abram said. They took Sarah, and then they, in exchange, gave him Abram's sheep, cattle, donkey servants, and camels. And faithless Abraham, not trusting God in the land that he was promised, not staying in the land that he was promised, he left that land, he went to Egypt, not trusting God with his beautiful wife. He lies about his wife, doing all of these things. In spite of those things, the Lord was even to faithless Abraham, the Lord was faithful. You hear that? The Lord was still faithful in spite of Abraham's faithless. Remember verse 3, 12, those who curse you I will curse. In other words, because the Egyptians took uh, Sarah and they didn't even know they were taking him, they thought it was just her sister, the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarah, it says in verse 17. So Pharaoh was like, man, get out of here. Take your wife, she's not your sister, take your wife that you gave to us, take her back and go because we don't need this problem. We don't need this curse on us. So they did. They left and they took all their stuff with them. That's amazing to me. Like he didn't just say, give me my stuff back. Pharaoh didn't say, give me my stuff back. He said, take your wife and here, take this stuff as well. So then uh, they do that. There's this part in chapter 13 where they traveled from place to place. He became, uh, until he came to Bethel, where he pitched his tent. And then um, they, Lot and Abram had, and this is another story, another sermon for another day, but they, they, they began to increase and their shepherds began to fight amongst each other. So they divided, but it was a divine separation because Abram comes back to save him later on. Um, but I'm talking not about that this morning. But then Abram, the Lord says to him, now lift up your eyes. From where you are, chapter 13, verse 14. And look north, south, east, and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Walk the length and the breadth of the land, of the land for I'm giving it to you. And again, again, the second time, Abram builds an altar to the Lord. So that next chapter is all about the separation and the next verses are about the separation. And then um, it, it, it comes to chapter 15 where we experience again God in covenant with Abram. And he says, do not be afraid, chapter 15, Abram, for I am with you. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me? Since I remain childless, and you and the one who will inherit my state is Eliezer of Damascus, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Can you hear this? Like, God has made this promise with him. He's told him that he's going to, like, give him that land, and it's for his offspring, and then he's descendants will be as, as, as numerous as the dust, and all of these things. And he's like, but God, how are you going to do this when I don't even have a child of my own? God takes him outside, and he says, look up. Look at the heavens. 
and count the stars if you can count them, if indeed you can count them. And he said, so shall your offspring be. I need you to imagine that. Not a, not a, a fog, uh, smog-covered night. I'm talking about deep in the country where you can see as many stars as it, it's uncountable. That's what God said to Abram. And he came through and he committed on his promises. I want you to take away a couple of things this morning from this message. The, the first thing that I want you to take away from this message is, is that in spite of our failures, God is always faithful. A recurring theme begins here and runs throughout Genesis where God's promise to Abraham is threatened by someone's sin. Like this happens and, and it's a recurring theme throughout the word. But in every case, God's faithfulness overrules man's failure. To bring about God's sovereign purpose. To show us that God's promises and purpose do not depend on a fickle man, but on a faithful God. Can you hear that this morning? That God's promises are not dependent on a fickle or faithless man, but it's dependent upon a faithful God. You see, when we are faithless, God remains faithful in order to restore us to faith and to fulfill the purpose that he has for us. So when trials hit, we need to learn to trust God. Like God said to Abram, I will make you into a great nation. That was the promise that he gave to him there in that first chapter, that he is going to do it. We have to believe it. But somehow, someway, we think he needs our help. So we begin to manipulate things. We begin to change things up. That was the problem for Abram and for so many of us in our life. We begin to scheme. We begin to try to figure things out on our own. And we forget to seek after the Lord. Think about that for a minute. Like Abram's plan, Abram's scheming nearly cost him his wife. Not only his wife, but maybe his own life. It nearly cost him that promise of the generations and the descendants to come. Like he is Father Abraham. You know, the father of the Jewish nation, the father even of our Christian faith. And even if you look at it, he's the father of Ishmael, the father of the Muslim nation, right? So this Abram, who almost because of that one decision could have affected history in such an amazing and disastrous way. What if Pharaoh had decided at that moment to kill Abram and his wife? What if he would have said, hey, you did this, you've inflicted diseases on me, but because you lied to me, I'm taking your life. He could have done that. He had every right to do that. He was the king of Egypt, but he didn't do it. When we turn from God and our own plans, we get ourselves into deeper problems that result in more pain and issues that ripple into other areas of life. But God shows up. And he shows off. He gives this abundant grace in spite of our sin. And Pharaoh, because of uh, God's sovereignty, because of the way that God was even working in him, he commanded his men and they escorted them out of the country along with all the sheep, all the camels, all the donkeys, all the servants. He gave them everything, even in spite of Abram's faithlessness. You see what that is? That's grace. That's undeserved favor. If Abram would have gotten what he deserved, Pharaoh would have killed him. Or at least sent him off without his possessions. Maybe just the shirts on their back. But God graciously blessed Abram even through Pharaoh. 
I need to remind you what 2 Timothy 2, 13 says. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The second thing that I want to give to you, the second point that I want to give to you is, is God's faithfulness should lead us to repentance and restoration. God's faithfulness should lead us to repentance and restoration. Abram headed back to Bethel, the house of God, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. You know, we see two things happening here in this passage. We see two things that marked Abram's life. The first thing is the tent, and the second thing is the altar. You see, Abram pitched a tent, and he built an altar. The tent showed Abram to be a pilgrim, one just passing away to another destination. And the altar showed Abram to be a worshiper of the living God. What Abram did, we need to do when we have disobeyed God and we've veered from his paths. We need to return to our beginning place with God. You know where that beginning place is for us as Christians? It's the cross. Maybe today you've veered away. Maybe today you've made some decisions on your own and, and it's gotten you into some trouble. You've made some promises you couldn't keep or you, you lied about some, some things you shouldn't have lied about. Whatever the case may be, you started to try to play God and take care of things your own way. Maybe today it's time to come back to the cross, to the place where God showed his mercy to you for the very first time. It's at that place where we can call on his name. We can see his attributes, his love, his holiness, his grace, his faithfulness. And we can reestablish the communion that we formerly enjoyed with him. Man, when I think about the, the, the altar that Abram built, I liken it to the communion table that we celebrate on the first Sunday of every month. Remembering what Jesus did on the cross. He said, whenever you eat of this bread, you drink of this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. And it's saying, hey, Jesus, I remember the cross. Maybe for some of us today, we need to build an altar, come back to the cross, and restore a fellowship with a faithful and loving God. I need you to hear this, that even when we are faithless, God is faithful. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, it says, The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and he redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Are you hearing that? That's you. You're in that story right there. You're in those verses right there. Maybe... Moses was writing this to some Israelites, but it says to a thousand generations, so that's us. Speaking that God is faithful even to us.
to those who love him and keep his commands. Maybe somewhere, maybe you're somewhere between God's promise and your own desires. Could be in a relationship. It could be chasing after something that's just not satisfying. Maybe it's because you just think that that next position, that next possession, that next relationship, whatever that thing is, is going to satisfy you. And let me encourage you, but let me also remind you that that stuff just does not satisfy. It'll always leave you wanting. wanting. It'll always leave you desiring for an upgrade. The only thing that satisfies is our faithful God. So this morning as we kind of come to a a, a conclusion and, and we sing a final song in just a moment. Wonder at the faithfulness of our God. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, this morning, our God is faithful. And He cares about every detail, every situation, everything going on in your life. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you've done. Wonder at the faithfulness of our God. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to ask you to stand. Go ahead and stand even now. And just imagine yourself for a second. Not looking around, not thinking about anybody else. Just thinking about like a God that is constantly every single day reaching out for you and all you have to do is turn towards him maybe you've been looking at the wrong stuff like I was on that ferry and I was like look at all these people they're looking at me and I was I was distracted until I turned around and I was like oh my god wow oh god how faithful you are wow god the beauty of your majesty wow god how powerful you are see who he is And that's how you can even look at yourself. Not as somebody in your own strength or in your own plans or in your own abilities, but as a child of God saying, wow, I am who I am because of whose I am, because of what God has done and what he's doing in my life. God is faithful even when we're faithless. We're going to have a prayer team members up here. I'll be up here if you want to come and pray. For whatever reason, you can come and pray. If you can pray right where you're standing, however that works for you, just we want to we want to sing this song in a in a an experience of just reflection on our life, and then asking God, God, would you do a work in me? And may you remind me. May we wonder at your faithfulness.
I could uh, just like do a video or some kind of like movie of the last year of my life. Because some of you may be thinking, that's easy for you to say, Trevor. Like everything's working out for you. Everything's just like, <laughs> I don't know if you're saying that or not. Some of you may, some of you may not, I don't know. But if you were a fly on the wall, if you could see my life if you could read, I, I'm not going to open it for you, but if you could read my journal, like I do this five-year journal thing, so it's just little entries, like three lines, and, and, and then it goes to the next year, so I can see what's happening on March 17, 2019, and then next year I'll record on the, the, the 20th, March 17, 2020. And so last year, I'm looking back as I'm recording what God is doing today in my life, but I'm also looking back at what God did last year. And this year, this time last year, I was on the road to Texas saying, God, what do you have for me? My family and I, we're on the road and we're saying, God, what do you have for me this day, 2018? I'm saying, are we supposed to plant the church in West Kendall? Are we supposed to leave and go to family in Texas, go to Oklahoma? God, are we supposed to stay and, and do our ministry down in Homestead? Or are we supposed to plant the church in West Kendall? And I knew what I wanted to do, and I just needed God to, like, confirm it and confirm it with my wife and stuff. But I wish you could see it and hear it and know it. Like, I wish I could really communicate to you how faithful God is because it was, it was crazy this last year. It was a roller coaster this last year. But as I look back from that day and the days prior to today, the 365 days, God has been unbelievably faithful. And it's not because of me. It's not because of my accomplishments. It's not because of my abilities. Like I just, I just pinpoint and I'm like, because God did that, they put that together. Because God did that, they put that together. And there were so many things from last year to today that I'm like, God, you're going to have to come through. And he came through. I'm like, God, you're going to have to make that family be interested in helping us. And they did. And all these things that one year ago today, I'd be like, no way. How's this going to happen? But God is faithful. Amen. I'm a living testimony to his faithfulness. It's not because I just put in the work. It's not because I worked hard. No, I could not have dreamed that some of the stuff that has happened has happened. It's all God. And I just got to come along for the ride. That's the story of Abram. Sarah just being even faithless sometimes and God using him. That's the story of Trevor Pound. And I pray that it's the story of you. That you would say, no matter how crazy life feels right now, no matter how difficult things are, no matter what you're going through, that you can believe God. Because He is faithful. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you don't know that God... I don't think this if you don't know that God that I'm talking about, 
If you don't have a personal relationship with him, that's the first call. That's the first invitation that I give to you just to say, man, today, make that declaration so that you can have that personal relationship with him. If you don't know him, all you got to do is confess Jesus is Lord. Ask him to come into your life to forgive you of your sins and to make you brand new. And he does it. It's by faith we are saved, not by works, the Bible says, so that any man can boast. In other words, you don't earn your salvation. It's not because of the amount of prayers you pray or verses you read or money you put in the plate. It's by grace through faith. And this is the faith part on your part to say, Jesus, save me, forgive me, a sinner come into my life and make me new. If that's you today, with nobody looking around, but just you and I and, and the Lord, if that's you today and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make that decision. I want to call Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want to declare him as Lord. Just lift your hand right where you're at and make that decision. Praise God for you, man. Praise God for you, young man. Praise God for you, this man over here on my left. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God, sir, right here in the middle. Praise God for you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives. Here and now, we make this prayer of covenant with you, God, and we just say, Lord Jesus, and you can just repeat this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I made mistakes, but I thank you, Jesus, that you came, that you died on the cross to be the sacrifice for my sins. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life and make me brand new. Here today, God, I choose to declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. If you prayed that prayer today, if you made that decision today, I just need to let you know that you have decided to follow Jesus. And because you've decided to follow Jesus, you are a Christian, a Christ follower. Can we give some people a round of applause this morning? Amen. Amen. Now maybe this morning, now maybe this morning that's not you, you've already made that decision, but you're feeling like Abram, or you're feeling like Trevor 2018, you're feeling whatever you're feeling, and you're just like, God, this is so hard, and I don't know if I can faith it, I don't know if I have the faith, let me tell you, God has the faith, he is faithful, and he will help you, but you've got to declare, God, I believe you, I trust you. Whatever the circumstance is, God, help me with that thing. Today, if, if that's you and you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to have more faith and I want to believe in our faithful God. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just lift your hand and let's just declare it. God, we just give, give that to you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Believe God for who he is and for what he wants to do. God, you know and you see not just hands, but you see hearts. You know where we're at today. God, work in hearts. Work in lives. Help us, even when we're faithless, to see you and trust in you who is always faithful and always good. Oh, God, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Everybody said amen. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do uh, we're gonna do offer this morning. And, and uh, I know you guys have been standing for just a minute, but we're going to sing this last song. And I just want to... I want to uh, tell you at the end of the service every Sunday we receive our tithes and offerings Mikey's not here this morning he got married last Woo! night so we're excited for him 
And uh, I told him if he was here today, he would be in a lot of trouble with me uh, because he needs to be with his bride on uh, on his honeymoon or whatever they're doing. But we're proud of Mikey and Yandria. Uh, listen, every, every Sunday we receive uh, tithes and offerings, and you can drop that there in the offering boxes on your way out. You can also give online. Uh, it's a simple text to give, 786-565-1165. You can also give uh, through the, the website, renew.miami. I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. It's because you give that we can we can be here uh, today. And not only us, but, you know, I, I need to tell this testimony because I don't always get to do it. There's a there's a uh, an organization we're with. It's called the ARC, Association of Related Churches, that has helped Renew Church get to where we are today. They helped us plant Renew Church. So they invested into us, and they gave to us with the expectation that as they gave to us that we give and we pay forward to give back into building and planting churches around the nation and even around the world. So ARC has planted over 800 churches. Actually, we're church plant number 826. Isn't that good? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, I can give a round of applause to that. And so last month, in just the month of, um, or, or over the last month, we have given back into church planting because of your faithfulness in giving. We've given just to church planting. That doesn't include what we've done to support the school and help in other words, other areas. We gave in faith, we gave $3,200 to uh, church planting. Isn't that awesome? Praise God for that. So when you give, we give. We support. We, we're trying to build the kingdom, not just a little renewed kingdom, a little renewed church. No, the kingdom of God, the big C church. So when you give, know that what part, portions of what you give goes out to see more work being started around the world. Thank you for your faithfulness. We're going to sing this final song, and then we're going to be dismissed.